On the Record with Gavin Riley. Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC, a dedicated private business team built around you. It all adds up to the new equation on News Talk. By our calculations, today is day 11 of the controversy around RTE and yet more disclosures in today's newspapers around what the government might be doing by way of appointing outside figures to go in and look under the bonnet of RTE's numbers and also disclosures on the front page of the Sunday Times that RTE may have actually known about the understatement of Ryan Tuberty's salary uh, as long as three years ago. Uh, we're joined on the line by Professor Jane Souter, who's a professor from the School of Communications uh, in DCU, but also here in studio by Neve Smith, who is the chair of the Oireachtas Committee on Tourism and Media, which obviously had a hearing last Wednesday with RT figures and will be having another this coming Wednesday. Um, Neve, what do you make, given the evidence that you heard this week at the committee, of the Sunday Times disclosure that RT actually knew three years ago that Ryan Tuberty's public salary wasn't the full picture? That's really, really worrying. And I suppose it just further reflects the dysfunctionality, if you like, that I think was very well demonstrated to both committees this week. And when I say dysfunctionality, I am back to the same point that we started out with with the executive. It really, they gave a sense that, you know, the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing. And this sense of I was doing my job, I didn't ask questions and therefore... And if that is true, I suppose that is uh, certainly not going to bode well. I mean, the committee's job is not just to try and um, get to the root and cause of all this, but also to be to to help RTE as our national broadcaster be in a position to rehabilitate itself after this crisis. So. By today's papers, it would sound like we're not there yet. As you probably are aware, they're coming into us in committee on Wednesday again. We Mm. have extended the invitation beyond the witnesses that we had last Wednesday. We've extended that now to former chair Moya Doherty, to former DG Noel Curran and to former CFO uh, Breda O'Keefe. And that is supposed to try and shed light of what's happened historically. But as you say, if it is coming to light now, that actually this was widely known for a much longer period Mm. of time that now, causes deeper concern. Obviously, there was a lot of evidence given to your committee on Wednesday and then subsequently to the PAC on Thursday. So even so close after it, it's kind of hard to remember exactly what, what was said to which committee on which day. But RTE, I think, to your committee, again, took the institutional stance that they only became aware of the discrepancies between the public disclosed figures and the actual pay in March of this year. If this story is true, your committee was lied to. That would be the case. And I mean, the reason we're in this position is because the committee hasn't uh, got the truth from RTE up to this point. It is about deceit and deception, which uh, we we thought was around an isolated uh, situation. But by today's paper, that may not be the case. And I don't know the full story, so I I won't uh, comment beyond that. But I mean, the crux of this is is about secret payments and the deception of that. And I suppose the intended mechanism that was put in place to deceive not just the public, but the government and the taxpayer, ultimately. Uh, Jane Souter is with us uh, on the line. Neve, you pull on your headphones to make sure that you can hear uh, Jane. Jane, thank you for, for joining us. Um, Neve mentioned there a few moments ago that the ultimate goal of this process is to try and help RTE to rehabilitate itself. At this point, on day 11 of this controversy and potentially a few more days to come, do you think it is possible for RTE to heal from within or is some outside mandated reform going to be needed here? Um, yeah, well, I think think it's going to have to be a combination. Like I saw other stories in the papers today that 
the cabinet this Tuesday will appoint an external auditor, whether that's somebody attached to the CAG or to a private accountancy firm who will have full access to all accounts. So clearly that's going to ha have to happen so that there's full transparency, we understand what went wrong, but then it's going to have to uh, move forward and uh, to reform and probably under um, new leadership. You know, I think that both boards are going to have to be refreshed. Apologies if there's noise in the background no, it's here. Quite right. I, I know that you're, you're taking us from a slightly unfortunate location, but we very much appreciate you, you joining yeah. us at the very least anyway. So, yeah. So I, so, I, so I think that there is going to have to be serious reform. There are going to have to look at those who are, who are leading it and things are going to have to change. But can I just say, I was a little bit concerned, Gavin, I don't know whether you saw it, the front of one of the newspapers had, you know, RT is going to be divided up and two events. Yeah, the, the, ma the Mail on Sunday basically suggests that there's going to be a full now a splitting of RTE's public service remit and its commercial operations, which would mean, for yeah. example, the likes of selling off 2FM. So I think that's really putting the cart before the horse. Obviously, some of these things have been under consideration for ages, but if you're going to actually have um, an examination and you're drawing up terms of reference, it seems a little preemptive to have decided what the result of that investigation is, is going to be. You know, I'd have thought that we, what RT needs to focus on is uh, that we need to get to the absolute bottom of what happened with full transparency. There then needs to be a refreshment of management and board and so on. And then the focus has to be on rebuilding trust. If you put in a new board and the first thing it has to do is separate the organisation into two and do a fire sale of, uh, of 2FM and have a row with the unions over making 400 people redundant, you won't actually have your focus on rebuilding the organisation and rebuilding trust. So I think that's what needs to uh, to come first. Okay. Um, Neve Smith, you were, uh, before this whole controversy kicked off in the last week and a half, you would have been chairing a lot of discussions at the Tourism and Media Committee about the report from the Commission on the Future of Media and the general topic of public service broadcasting. Um, would the government be putting the cart before the horse by laying out uh, this apparent internal list of cabinet plans before giving the RTE, the new DG and a possibly reconstituted board the chance to sort out its own affairs. Absolutely, Gavin. And having spoken with the Minister as recently this morning on foot of reading those headlines You've myself. You've spoken to her as a I result have, of this. I have. And I'm assured that that is not the intention of the government to start making redundancies or um, a separating. Um, that, that would be, as Jane has quite rightly outlined, putting the cart before the horse. What the Minister has done is had uh, intense engagement with the unions and the staff to ensure that there is no collateral damage, that the staff aren't the collateral damage out of this crisis that we faced, mm. that the terms and references are put in place, that she has those special powers of the, from the Act to actually put somebody in place to investigate exactly what's going on here, what where what the real financial standing of RTE is and I'm pretty uh, certain from speaking with the Minister this morning that is our intention to protect the staff to protect RTE and when I say protect, I mean protect that entity of public service broadcasting um, and make all of those decisions in, I suppose, a progressive way that, you know, investigates yeah. it thoroughly but puts RT on a good footing into the future. Do you think that there's, I mean, evidently that the, the Mail on Sunday has gotten this steer, albeit if the Minister denies what's happening, they've gotten it from somebody within Cabinet who clearly has a shopping list of the things that they want RT to do. Is there a danger here that uh, Ministers are using RT being vulnerable to enact a bit of revenge for a bit of a tough time that they might have been given over something that they've done in the past and that they are now using this controversy in RTE as something of a cloak through which to try and wield the knife in ways they wouldn't have done before. 
Well, ultimately, there's one minister responsible for media and I don't think Minister Martin wields any revenge with RTE, uh, no more than myself and the committee that is responsible for um, media. We, do, As you said, we spent three years working on the future of the Media Commission, working on that online safety and media regulation, been a huge focus on media and media into the future because we do recognise the fact that the commercial side of media isn't there. The TV mm. licence has been broken and is broken and it's unfortunate that this comes around a time. Unfortunately, but also maybe a golden opportunity for RTE to reform itself given that the government is making serious plans for how they fund media into the future and I don't mean just RTE as a national broadcaster I mean independent radios like yourselves and more regional and local in, um, um, media outlets as mm. well so I mean it, it, it is unfortunate that this has happened at this time perhaps it does demonstrate that the government did the right thing pause in that particular recommendation that came out of the review on the future of media um, but you know I suppose with every crisis this comes a good opportunity and I don't think there's revenge in anybody's heart or mind in, in trying to sort out this in RTE. Uh, Jane, there, there is one school of thought that the government is acting sensibly by pausing any questions around the future funding of RTE, at least until all of this has been put to bed. But one might also argue that actually the funding question has never been more prescient because there's already some suggestions that some of the programme sponsors, for example, in RTE are now going to uh, withdraw or discontinue future deals because of what's going on in the last few days. And moreover, uh, opinion polls today bearing out that many people, when their TV licence comes up for renewal, won't be in a rush to do so. So RTE could be squeezed on, on both sides, which would mean that clarity on the funding really is, is more acute than ever. Well, absolutely. And I, I think that that's the case. Now, clearly there has to be there has to be a, a kind of a bedrock. There has to be something put down so the public understand, okay, now we understand what went wrong. We can see that there's uh, new management in here. We can see that there's new controls. You know, the controller and auditor general should have oversight of the accounts, etc., etc., etc. And then the, the government must grasp uh, the nettle. And, you know, you're, all uh, EU countries have been moving away from the licence fee model over the last 10 years because it just doesn't work in, the, in an age of, of the internet. Some of them do direct funding, some part of taxation, some as a, a media charge and so on. And that's what the future of media commission look like. Well, so, why, why do you, you think know, it's been so contentious in Ireland? Well, why, why is that question being long fingered? Why wouldn't we just do because, what other countries have done? Yeah, because politicians get mixed up, I think, their own feelings of personal grievance against RTE and their own kind of thoughts. Some of them bring up water charges and things that we can't possibly increase the license fee. But of course, they could have moved it to, to some different charge. There's always going to be some people unhappy with that. There's people out there who would like there not to be any public sector media in Ireland. They would like it to be entirely privatised. We see, you know, where that has got the states. So I don't think it's somewhere that uh, somewhere that values its democracy wants to go. So, you know, the politicians uh, who have uh, refused any funding of the license fee over the last decade and more are culpable in this, you know. Part of this is actually the tension between the public service and the commercial. Um, mm. But clearly management... Um, we're not um we're not up to the job of managing the the money and managing the accountability asking the hard questions and so that needs to be fixed before we can move on i think that's true but i still think it should be a matter of priority until we move on to uh, something yeah. other than license fee funding the 
RTE and other public service broadcasting and media. Uh, Jane, I know you're in an airport, so we'll let you go. Really appreciate your time joining us uh, today on the record. Jane Souter, who's a professor at the School of Communications in DCU, joining us uh, from Lock Airport. I'm very grateful that she was able to find a fairly quiet area to be able to join us for a few minutes. Uh, Neve Smith, chair of the Rockers Media Committee, still with me in studio. Um, Neve, you mentioned the hearing that you're going to be having this coming Wednesday. So you've invited many of the same RT figures that were there last Wednesday. You've also invited uh, the previous DG prior to D Forbes, who is Noel Curran, who's now the head of the European Broadcasting Union, Breed O'Keefe, who was the, the chief financial officer, as you mentioned. Um, have you had any confirmation at this point that they're going to be able to attend or is that still TBC? No, that's that's to be confirmed, as you say. But um, I think that the RTE uh, staff executive, um, even though the short notice that there has been for the last two, two meetings, mm. they will be. Ex- I'm sure they will expect uh, to be with us on, on Wednesday. Could I just follow up on one point that Jane sure. made and she was just kind of talking about the political, uh, I suppose, uh, aspect to all of this and maybe the, the, I think she talked really about a fear of grasping the nettle here but the truth is I think every politician is acutely aware of the fragility of our democracy and it is we're acutely aware of how important media is in all of that and you know truth matters and journalism matters and all of that and nobody I think can bury their head in the sands anymore and pretend this is not something we really need to deal with we need to deal with it now on that TV licence mm. we have I suppose other international examples to look at and we can see that if we don't deal with that the the problems that that can create within a democracy and society either side of us in the water so I don't think there's anybody afraid of doing it yes it's a big mm. piece of work it is a big commitment from any government to, to, to do uh, but I, I don't think anybody's afraid of doing it uh, Your committee has asked um, RTE on foot of last week's hearings to hand over quite a bit of documentation which I think includes um, full details of Ryan Tuberty's current contract um, I don't know whether RT will find themselves in a, in a position to hand that over, but, but let's see. Um, you're also asking for 10 years worth of transactions or listings for what was used, what the barter account was used for. Mm-hmm. Um, why is that so important to your mind now to get 10 years worth of transactions out of that? Well, I think we've kind of just, uh, I suppose, tinkered around the edges in terms of what that barter account was used. We've had two hearings, nine hours of it. And um, as you know, from watching very closely our first hearing, our own hearing, you know, information wasn't as forthcoming as it was a pack. And we've got a certain length of the journey. But I think for the public interest here, and as you say, you know, the public to uh, feel confidence again, mm. we need everything on the table. And I have to say it wasn't lost on all of our committee members. You know, Gavin, from coming to committees. There is always an opening statement provided by, you know, witnesses. And what struck me was Shuni Rahali, who's chair of the board, made an opening statement. It was a very magnanimous opening statement about the crisis itself. It wasn't lost on us that none of the other executive came with an opening statement sat there and waited for questions to be asked and that did sort of set the tone for the rest of the meeting and I really hope that on this second hearing that we have on Wednesday we get a lot more information a lot more um, willingness I suppose to share with us because you know as, as Peter Fitzpatrick said there's nobody in the room hasn't made a mistake but what we'll be mm. judged on is how we fix it sort it and move forward um, so you've decided, uh, obviously we're still waiting to see whether Noel Curran or Breed O'Keefe are able to come in. You've been granted the legal power to, to ask for them, so we'll, we'll see what comes of that. You decided against inviting Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly for the time being. Well, not against. We, we feel that... So you're, you're going to do it, but, we are, but yeah, not absolutely, now. So absolutely. They, they are going to be invited in. Yes, that's agreed already with the committee that we would do that, but we felt there's more work to be done and more to go with the executive in terms of ha- having all the facts in front of us. Uh, and then we will be certainly extending an, an invitation to Ryan Tuberty to D Forbes, that, that invitation still 
still stands and I do wish her well in her recovery. Uh, to Jim Jennings, who I think um, from what I've heard of the um, witnesses statement so far, certainly could throw and shed more light on, on this particular piece with uh, Ryan Tuberty. Um, D Forbes and of course Noel Kelly, um, who seems to have a huge uh, hand and part of the ongoing contracts within RTE. Uh, final question, usually the doll would go into recess in two weeks' time and that would mean the committee system largely going on ice as well for a couple of months until the middle of September. Are you guys going to keep sitting throughout absolutely, the summer? Absolutely, absolutely. My committee has said that from the very beginning. All of my colleagues uh, happy, able and stand there ready to, to continue with these hearings as long as it takes. We're obviously going to have our hearing on Wednesday. We'll need a further further hearing when the Grant Thornton review is published and we will keep at this uh, because, as I said, we want to leave Orty in good standing when we're finished all of our deliberations. Uh, let's see what comes out of uh, Wednesday's meeting. Thank you for joining us in studio. Thank and Neve Smith, Safina Fall TD for Calvin Monaghan, the chairperson of the Oireachtas Committee on Tourism and Media. On the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC, a dedicated private business team built around you. It all adds up to the new equation on News Talk.